the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Boy, somebody is going to be looking for a new job, I fear. His name is Walter Wendler. He's the president of West Texas A&M University. Now, what has Walter Wendler done? Uh, Well, he has denied permission for a drag show to be performed on campus. Why? Because Walter Wendler says it demeans and diminishes women. He sent out a university-wide email first of this week saying that A scheduled performance of A Fool's Drag Race on March 31st has been canceled because there is no such thing as a harmless drag show. Here was what Mr. Wendler's email read. Does a drag show preserve a single thread of human dignity? I think not. As a performance that exaggerates aspects of womanhood, drag shows stereotypical women in cartoon-like extremes for the amusement of others, and discriminates against womanhood. Any event that diminishes an individual or group through rep- through this kind of representation is wrong. Yikes, Walter. Do you know what you hath wrought? Yes, protests all over campus. But he says, as a university president, I would not support blackface performances on our campus, even if I was told the performance is a form of free speech or intended as humor. It is wrong. I do not support any show performance, or artistic expression, which denigrates others, in this case, women, for any reason. Good for you, Walter. I hope Walter keeps his job. I'm not optimistic that he will, but I hope he does. Uh, Tonight at Ohio State might get interesting. Charlie Kirk is in town with Turning Point USA. Candace Owens will be with him. I know some people who are going to this, and I may attend this, And it was interesting today, as we communicated via text message about where to meet, one of the overriding aspects that we were trying to solve in determining where to meet was, where would be the safest place for us to meet, the safest place for us to park our cars, and the safest place to be so that we can get out of there after the event without getting caught in any kind of violent protest. Now, it's sad we have to factor that in, but it would also be an oversight on our part, a possibly egregious oversight, if we did not factor that in. See, when the right opposes something, we oppose it with ideas, but we don't get violent. Oh, what about January 6th? Oh, yes, I know, the eternal January 6th example. There was definitely unacceptable violence that went on on January 6th. I have made no attempt to hide that. But that violence has been exaggerated and extrapolated upon everyone who was part of January 6th. You can give me, if you're a leftist, one example of when conservatives got out of line. January 6th. It is your shining example. I can give you riots all across the country. 
dating back to Trayvon Martin, to Michael Brown, to Jacob Blake, to Ahmed Arbery. To, I can give you myriad examples of violent protests by Antifa, by Black Lives Matter, by Occupy Wall Street. I can give you myriad examples. that You hold eternally to the one example, January the 6th. It is clear that we would be foolish not to factor that in because what, what will happen at Ohio State tonight? What should happen is you go, you park your car in the Ohio Union garage, you go in, you attend the event, you leave. Maybe there are a few people there holding signs or protesting peacefully. But would it shock me tonight if Antifa showed up? Would it shock me tonight if cars are damaged? Would it shock me tonight if people are assaulted? If doors and windows are broken? No, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Well, that is where we are. That is how the left operates. And, of course, when the left does stuff like that, they're never called out on it. They're never censured. People in power will always say, you know, we, we, don't, we don't approve of violence. We, we don't sanction violence. You don't? What are you doing to stop it? Other than saying you don't sanction violence. Do you ever call it out? Do you ever get specific about it? Remember when Joe Biden said in the debate with Donald Trump, Antifa, Antifa's an idea. It's not a movement. Uh-huh. Sure. Even from the White House the other day, the lie came down from Corinne Jean-Pierre that the Biden family never got any money from a Chinese energy company. That is a flat-out lie. It is not a lie because James Comer, head of the Oversight Committee, says it. It's not a lie because we on the right believe it. It's a lie because Hunter Biden's attorneys have admitted that they got money from a Chinese energy company, saying that, hey, there's nothing wrong with it. He's allowed to get money as a private citizen. He's allowed to market his <laughs> talents to a foreign entity. But Corinne Jean-Pierre said, oh, no, never got, no, not true. Well, it is true. And they have the bank records to prove it. Joe Biden said the other day after his press conference, when asked about his family getting money, his daughter-in-law, his brother, his son, getting money from China, he said, that's not true. Well, what is not true? It is true. So now Comer has sent a letter to the White House saying this, the committee is concerned about the national security implications of a president or vice president's immediate family receiving lucrative financial deals from foreign nationals and foreign companies without any oversight. President Biden's statement was misleading and dishonest, noting that the committee has received the bank documents from a financial institution pursuant to a subpoena. We're talking about $3 million here, and that's just one transaction. So he gives, and I don't know what his penalty is if they don't do it, he's giving Corinne Jean-Pierre until March the 27th to correct the statement Joe Biden made the other day, that it's not true. Good luck trying to get this administration to admit the truth on anything. Now, today, the three-day summit wrapped up between Xi Jinping, the president of China, and Vladimir Putin. I don't know what his official title is. He's the baddest man in Russia. Is anybody worried by the fact that Xi Jinping and Putin are meeting for three days 
And the last time that Biden and Xi spoke, it was a three-hour phone call. Putin gets Xi for three days. Xi gives Biden three hours. I don't like that equation. Of course, back to our lying White House. John Kirby, spoke stooge who handles all these matters because if you put Corinne Jean-Pierre out there and she reads her briefing book wrong, it could cause an international incident. John Kirby trying to downplay the meeting, extensive, long meeting between Xi and Putin. I wouldn't go so far to call it an alliance. President Xi sees uh, um, a counterweight to American influence uh, and uh, and NATO influence, certainly on the continent and elsewhere around the world. In President Xi, President Putin sees uh, a potential backer here. This is a man who doesn't have a whole lot of friends on the international stage. Well, he's got a pretty powerful friend in China. They're buying his oil. They're keeping his war machine afloat. Uh, Mike Pompeo, former Secretary of State under Donald Trump, a little different opinion on the Russia-China partnership. Look, there's a couple things we should think our way through. One, it's clear Russia is the junior partner here. It's clear that they're now becoming a vassal state of the Chinese Communist Party. They have a thousand nuclear weapons to add to the Chinese arsenal. That's bad for us. Uh, The U.N. has always been troubling. Now two members of the U.N. Security Council joined together against the United States of America. That's bad for the United States as well. And finally, I I think we may be in a situation again where this administration has drawn a red line and the Chinese Communist Party has just crossed it willy-nilly. That's that's bad, too. They said if lethal assistance was provided, there would be real cost to China. I've seen them do nothing in the face of what we can now see as clearly a concordant, a deal between Xi and Putin, which is going to put the people of Ukraine at risk, therefore Europe and the United States as well. Yeah, it's not good. Um, They can talk all they want to about it being a marriage of convenience or an unholy alliance. The fact of the matter is Russia has something China wants, nuclear weapons, and China has something Russia wants, lots of money. And they both have one thing in common. They hate us. Were they ideally aligned? No, but at least against us they are. So I came across a soundbite yesterday from Rochelle Walensky, head of the CDC. And I find it very instructive now that we are looking back on COVID. Mistakes were made, no doubt about that. If we want to not repeat those mistakes in the future, well, we need to recognize what we did wrong and not repeat it, right? So Rochelle Walensky was asked yesterday uh, in hindsight. Uh, What do you think now about COVID and mistakes that you might have made at the CDC? What's your perspective on it, given the long view of three plus years? I can tell you where I was when the CNN feed came, that it was 95% effective, um, the vaccine. So many of us wanted to be hopeful. So many of us wanted to say, okay, this is our ticket out, right? Now we're done. Um, So I think we had perhaps too little caution and too much optimism um, for some good things that came our way. I I really do. I I think all of us wanted this to be done. Nobody said waning 
when, when you know, oh, this vaccine's going to work. Oh, well, <laughs> maybe it'll work, it'll wear off. Um, nobody said, well, what if the next variant doesn't, it doesn't, it's not as potent against the next variant. Too little caution and too much optimism, she said. Nobody said, what if it doesn't work against the next variant? They became rooters rather than scientists. They became cheerleaders rather than scientists. What they wanted to happen was more important than the role that a scientist has, which is to evaluate data, evaluate results, and not take a partisan position on something, but to take a purposeful, reflective view of something. And it wasn't just that people died because some were assured, oh, get the vaccine, you'll never get COVID. And people probably behaved in ways that might not have been the most prudent way to behave because I'm bulletproof, I'm vaccinated. Or there's no danger in this, this mRNA technology, it's the latest thing, it's cutting edge. It'll enable me to deal with anything. It's better than natural immunity, right? Oh, myocarditis, what? And then they denied that existed. But it's also the toll of just having your life interrupted, having your business shut down, having your job disappear. They didn't want to hear it. How many doctors were pushing back the Great Barrington Declaration with doctors from Stanford, Oxford, and Johns Hopkins? Oh, they're quacks. Don't pay attention to them. Because the left lives by feelings. They do not live by data. They do not live by truth. They do not live by common sense. They do not live by objectivity. It's not just on COVID. The whole green energy boondoggle owes its entire existence to this refusal to apply common sense to anything. Listen to Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm. She's in some interview somewhere, and the guy who's asking her questions is asking her here about the Inflation Reduction Act, which they've touted ever since they got it passed. Oh, it's going to make such a difference. They wouldn't call it a climate bill when they were trying to get it passed because they knew they'd have a harder time passing. They called it the Inflation Reduction Act. But Jennifer Granholm is teed up here to talk about the Great Inflation Reduction Act and how it will work for the people. Notice her answer. Where will our viewers see the results in their own lives and how can they take advantage of it? Yeah, it's a great question because there are huge opportunities for individuals, especially as they consider perhaps retrofitting their homes to be more energy efficient. So for example, if you wanted to install a heat pump in your home, replace your HVAC system, perhaps it's gone out. You can get significant tax credits to be able to do that. Significant tax credits. How will the Inflation Reduction Act work for Mr. and Mrs. America, Jennifer Granholm? Oh, well, all you have to do is retrofit your home with a new heat pump and spend, what, $10,000? And we'll give you a tax credit. Of $1,500. Wait a second. Am I not still out $8,500? Well, don't look at it that way. Well, I'm sorry, but that's the amount of money I have to spend. But you're getting 
a $1,500 tax credit. That's how it's working. You ask me how it's working for you. It's saving you $1,500. She's doing the same thing Rochelle Walensky did. She's rooting for an outcome, refusing to acknowledge what is right before her very eyes, is that it's not working for anybody because for it to, quote unquote, work, you have to spend $8,500. There's no end to this. There is absolutely no end to this. They are, as I have said before, the Seinfeld presidency. They are subscribers to the theory that it's not a lie if they believe it. And they believe they were right on COVID. They were so right on COVID. Yeah, but that's not what the data says. Yeah, but it's what I feel. I feel you'd be so much safer if you socially distance yourself. I feel you'd be safe if you wore a mask while you walked to the restroom in the restaurant. And then you can take it off when you sit down. But does COVID only attack me at nose level when I'm standing? It doesn't drop down below three feet? I don't feel like it should, so it ergo it will not. The latest installment of the Twitter files from Michael Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi delve into... Stanford University, which where wokeness goes to multiply like rabbits, Stanford University's Virality Project, which was designed to combat disinformation. Gee, I would think coming out of a school like Stanford, where the academics are unapproached by many schools across the country, any project around virality would be ideally designed to give me the exact specifications on how dangerous a viral illness could be. No, but it was meant to combat disinformation. Launched in May of 2020 to detect, analyze, and respond to incidents of COVID-19 vaccine disinformation. Or, in retrospect, how much do you want to bet that this particular endeavor furthered disinformation? And de-emphasized the risk of heart disease. We still have, we still have people from the CDC and NIH telling you to get your kids vaccinated. To get your kids vaccinated. If there's one thing we've learned from COVID, it is that the younger you are and the healthier you are, the less sense it makes for you to risk getting some kind of heart ailment or heart disease like myocarditis or anything else, by getting the vaccine and booster shots. And yet, I told you the story a week or so ago. My daughter was up for some award at school for her performance in the school musical. And she's going to not be eligible for the honor solely because she won't get vaccinated. It's not a requirement of the school. It's a requirement of the awarding organization in New York City. Three years after the fact, they refuse to look at the data because they live by feelings, not by common sense. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.